Hey everybody, and welcome to another My JavaScript Story or My JS Story. This week I'm going to be talking to Dennis Ushakov. I think I said that somewhat close, to, right? <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want to just remind us who you are, really quickly? Uh, yes, I'm uh, team lead of the WebStorm, and I work at JetBrains mostly on the on the on the WebStorm, and uh, I used to work a lot on RubyMine. That's me. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, we had you on episode 223, which wasn't terribly long ago. It was this summer. And uh, yeah, we talked about WebStorm, which was really cool. Um, this uh, this podcast is much more about getting your story and, and telling people how you got to where you are, which is kind of interesting. And I, I also want to point out that if you work on WebStorm, you're primarily working in Java. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's true. So we'll probably dig into a little bit of both and talk about your programming experience in both Java and JavaScript. Um, let's go ahead and just get this started, though, with the first question, and that is, how did you get into programming? Uh, I used to play uh, lots of computer games when I was a kid, and I still do. And I believe quite a lot of kids got into programming this way. Like, uh, I'm playing the, the computer game. I want to make my own game. And that's how it started. I said, like, Dad, I want to make my own computer game. I don't know how to, how to do it. And my dad brought me uh, a book. Uh, it was about Turbo Pascal. Uh, and oh, I good old days turbo yeah oh yeah and I started learning and started experimenting and I decided to to go to another school to the uh, to the more that had more uh, orientation on maths and uh, computers and I'm very thankful to my teachers in maths and, and computers, to the, uh, Nelly Yuldaltsova and Sergei Pachomov that helped me a lot. Uh, uh, and they allowed me to experiment uh, and uh, basically on the uh, programming lessons, I just usually did something I, I wanted to do, not something that was like prescribed by the by the same that's very cool rules or something like that very nice so how old were you uh when i started i was uh i think 14 or something like that nice Hey everybody, this is Charles Maxwood. I just wanted to talk to you really briefly about JS Remote Conf. Uh, we just picked speakers. Things are looking really good. And uh, we're really excited to cover a broad range of topics for JavaScript developers. So if you're looking to learn things about Node.js, about becoming a better developer, about deployment, about mobile development, and much more, and much more about JavaScript, then come check us out at jsremoteconf.com. Uh, you can also find it by going to devchat.tv conferences and then picking the conference you want. We have last year's recordings there. We have this year's uh, conference coming up. So make sure you get your ticket, and we'll see you there. So uh, then how did you get into doing uh, Java and JavaScript? Uh, that was uh, in the university. Uh, my uh, computer science practice teacher uh, invited me to take part in the internship program at Intel. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and um, I successfully passed the 
interview and uh, I started to work on Apache Harmony. That was the first open source uh, implementation of Java. And I was working on the on the UI team. Uh, and basically the Apache Harmony was was like was uh, my first big project. Well, what, what, uh, what was that? I, I'm not sure. Oh, you said it was the first open source Java. What were you doing on that project? Uh, I did uh, a couple of UI controls. Uh, I don't remember exactly which ones, but I think something like JSpinner or uh, something else. Uh, I also uh, did the implementation of the accessibility classes that uh, uh, allowed to uh, not not on the core accessibility mechanism but like on the support for uh, for exact components like for for spinner and something like that cool so you you got involved in the the intel project and um you started doing java there when did you get into javascript uh, it was uh, a lot later. Uh, after university, I switched uh, to, to JetBrains. A lot of my friends worked at JetBrains, and I wanted to try something something different. And I uh, went to the RubyMine team and worked, I think, uh, for about four years on RubyMine. And I decided that I want to try something else. And there was uh, the opportunity to uh, to lead the WebStorm team. And I decided, why not? Very cool. So uh, tell me a little bit about WebStorm. Like, where, where did it come from? And um, at what point did you actually get involved? Uh, the WebStorm development started... Uh, uh, long ago, uh, before the uh, before the actually Webstorm product uh, was announced and released, uh, it started uh, like a part of IntelliJ idea. Uh-huh. Uh, you, if you're doing Java, you need to edit some XML files, and if you like editing XML files, there's nothing. Uh, it's quite simple to, to do the HTML from the XML support. And uh, if you have the HTML and you have uh, the XML, and probably you need to just embed JavaScript and you need to add some CSS. So basically, uh, some functionality was available uh, in IntelliJ long before the WebStorm product started. After that, uh, JetBrains decided to, to do the IDE for the web developers. And uh, at first, it was uh, like uh, PHP and uh, WebStorm were like a single product. product. Uh-huh. But we decided like some people don't need the PHP. They just want to do the uh, GS stuff uh, and just like... Maybe they are front-enders, or maybe they are uh, doing the back-end on the Node.js. So they probably don't need the uh, PHP stuff, and that's how the WebStorm appeared. Now, were you the first team lead there, or did you kind of take over the team from someone else? Uh, no, I did uh, take that from uh, the 
others, other guy, uh, Dmitry Zemerov. It was a funny thing because the Webstorm team was uh, somewhat unlucky. They got the, the new team lead once in a year. <laughs> And uh, at the end of the year, uh, the team asked me, are you going away? I said, no. Oh, wow. And, and no, I'm stay, staying with you. And it was like the curse was broken and I'm staying for, uh, I think, almost four years. Very no, cool. So um, I, I'm going to dig right into Jet Br- or to uh, WebStorm because I think it's interesting just... Um, how popular it's become. I mean, a lot of people kind of held on to whatever text editor IDE they were using before they came into JavaScript um, on a full-time basis. But a lot of people, and I see a lot of tutorial videos being recorded with Jet, or with, I keep wanting to say JetBrains, uh, being recorded with WebStorm just because it's it's easy and it, it does a lot of things for you. And so... You don't have to think so much about your editor. You can just hop in, uh, fire it up, and go. Um, is it? H- how does it feel to be working on a project that so many people rely on to do their job? It's really exciting. Uh, you know that the things you are doing uh, are going to be used by a lot of people. And you feel like you're getting the feedback. It's not always positive, but you know that that helps to, to make the product better. And it's really helpful because, for example, when I used to work at Intel, I got no, no feedback from, from the external users. Uh-huh. It was mostly like some kind of research projects. And uh, when you're doing something that uh, real people touch and real people uh, play with and real people rely on it, and it's kind of, you have makes any, you to work better. Nice. Do you have any stories? I mean, I could just imagine you get a letter from somebody that says, hey, I used WebStorm and I made my toaster jump up and down. Or I don't know. But do you have any like really great success stories from people you know that have gotten back to the WebStorm team and just told you how awesome it is? Um, I think so. Uh, yeah, quite... Mm. I think we we have some, but it's kind of hard to remember it right now. Right. So, yes, sometimes people. Uh, what what I really like is when sometimes people get somehow disappointed. Uh, for example, something is working slow or something not working as expected, and they jump to the to the Twitter and they or they go to the tracker and they post an issue, right. and quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of issues can be really uh, easily fixed, and it's really uh, it feels good when you are able to fix an issue in a five minutes time after someone submitted and people just come back and wow it's five minutes and you've already fixed that. Yeah, that's awesome. I've used products that had issues and, you know, I eventually quit because of the issue because a month or two later it's still not fixed and it's costing me time, money, or both. And then, like, a year or two years or three years later, you know, you get that email. Okay, we fixed it. And it's like, well, you know, I'm yeah, used to this other tool now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it happens to us too. I won't lie. So some, some issues uh stay in unfixed for for too long 
but really, what, what what helps us to to keep the pace is uh, the that we really believe in in dog fooding. So why why IntelliJ ID is so popular? Because uh, we are using and it works so so good because we are using IntelliJ like every day. Right. And, uh, everyone is using so. Uh, Quite a lot of people on the Webstream team have uh, some kind of side project or some kind of experimenting. Uh, uh, and I used to play with uh, uh, TypeScript, Electron, and Angular 2 this summer, and it was really helpful to to understand. It's like usually when uh, you are doing some some feature, uh, it it works somehow. It usually uh-huh. works okay, but it's really small bumps that really annoy you. Like it works, it works well, but every time, for example, every time I want to select something, it selects like a little bit more or a little bit less, and you right. won't get that feeling if you are not doing some JavaScript development. That's really cool. So, what have you worked on lately in JavaScript? Uh, I'm taking uh, protective driving courses, and we have uh, trainings, and some of the trainings are held in the class when you have to spin the the wheel uh, at the the good pace. Mm -hmm. And what we did with uh, a couple of my colleagues is that Right now, uh, there is an Arduino connected to each each wheel, and uh, the speed of the uh, rotation and the number of laps is collected. They are sent to the computer and displayed on the uh, on the on, on the big screen. So what I did is the the desktop application that shows you the the results collected from the Arduinos. Oh, that's really cool. So uh, you're you're building JavaScript on Arduinos and doing some IoT stuff. Uh, no, I'm just doing the desktop client oh, okay. on on the Java in JavaScript and the Arduino scene is in is in C. Oh, okay. So guys are using the C line. It's also JetBrains product for for Arduino development. Gotcha. So the JavaScript is the sort of the server that collects all the data and displays it for people. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. true. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun in embedded development. It's uh, kind of getting back to the to the roots. Yeah, I'm doing somewhat of a similar thing, except I've built a Pinewood Derby track. I don't know if you know what that is, but here in the United States, um, Cub Scouts build little cars out of wood blocks. And then they race them on this track. And the track has four lanes and it has an Arduino at the bottom that tells you how fast all the cars went. And yeah, that's that's what I'd like to build next is the part that displays all of the results so that we don't have to type them into the computer. Oh, looks I, cool. I think that would be really, really fun. So, yep, someday. <laughs> all right, any other projects that you're working on or should we jump on over to PIX? Uh, so, uh, right now in the webstorm, I'm doing the, the framework stuff mm-hmm. and framework help, stuff like what, like angular one and two support, uh, react support uh-huh. and, 
uh, stuff like that. And also, I'm trying to help uh, the plugin developers. Uh, so I want to say a big thank you to the developers of the native script and Ember plugin. We've been talking, I think, quite a lot recently, uh, and I'm trying to help. And if someone wants to write a plugin uh, for WebStorm to support some kind of technology, feel free to, to ping me. That's very cool. So... Uh, you you've got or are getting Ember support, Angular support, React support, Native Script support. So basically, uh, we have uh, Angular and React support built in. Okay. And Native Script and Ember plugins are developed by uh, some uh, third-party guys, mm. and they are doing really really great job. I might have to get introductions to them. Um, one other question that I'm I'm kind of thinking about here is, you know, yeah, it's it, JavaScript. So I'm assuming when WebStorm started, JavaScript was mostly kind of a front end thing. You know, Node might, you know, might have been around. I don't know. Maybe you were building for Node when you first uh, started building it. Um, I guess you, since you got on the team four years ago, Node was there. Um, but now the ecosystem has changed. I mean, you talked about Electron. We've talked about IoT. We've talked about um, you know, you mentioned briefly native script, which is mobile. Um, so, so how, what, what's it like to maintain a product where you have to support so, uh, a language that runs in so many different environments, I guess Java is kind of in a similar boat though. So you have some experience there. Um, I mean, do you, do you just have plugins for all the rest of those like react native and, uh, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, with Java, it's a bit uh, a bit simpler because uh, Java is not is not that fast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's not with, that fast, with, meaning it doesn't execute quickly, or that it's not moving. No, I'm meaning like because... you you don't get a new framework right. uh, every other day. Okay. So have they have some kind of a plan? What they're they are going to do? They have some kind of committee and. Um, like you can plan accordingly and they usually shift releases so you just have enough time to, to, to support something. That's not really true in JavaScript because something comes out and next day something else comes out and the next day version 2 of, some, of the first thing comes out and it changes everything. Yeah, nobody else feels that, just you guys. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, everyone everyone feels that because yeah. uh, you have to keep up the pace. You like, yep. if you want to be a professional, you have to know all the new stuff and understand at least something about yep. what's going on. So, how do you keep up? How do you keep pace with the JavaScript community if you're building a tool that people can use for pretty much any of it? Uh, we are trying to uh, watch for the frameworks and for the. We have some kind of the of the table where we keep track of tracks of uh, the issues uh, uh, for support on our tracker, the votes for 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 these issues, the number of stars on GitHub, the number of Stack Overflow questions, like quite a lot of metrics, uh, and that's that that's how we try to decide. And I don't know, the, the JavaScript weekly helps. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Peter Cooper. Yeah, thank you.
Very cool. Um, well, if people want to check out what you're doing lately with, uh, with, uh, I almost said JetBrains again. If people want to check out what you're doing lately with WebStorm, uh, what should they do? Should they just go to JetBrains.com or is it something else? Uh, they can go to the JetBrains.com. There's a Twitter where we post our announcements for the new versions and for the EEP versions. And there is uh, also a link to the blog where you can see uh, more details on what's what's new in the in the builds and uh, something in like in depth some some instructions, tutorials, and stuff like that. All right, cool. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Um, did did you bring stuff to pick? Yeah, actually, I have uh, uh, one pick, uh, and that would be uh, Jet Vocals uh, uh, team singing Carol of the Bells. That's our colleagues uh, who did uh, a really nice. Uh, a song for celebrating Christmas and New Year. Very cool. Well, I've got a, a quick pick here. Um, my son, we just moved him out of the regular school. Um, he was having some problems there, so we, we put him in an online charter school. Um, and if you don't know what that means, it's effectively he's going to school online. So we got him a Chromebook. And I didn't, you know, I, I had never been interested in owning a, a Chromebook because it just doesn't handle enough for me to do everything I need to do. It, it, it does almost everything I need it to do, but it wouldn't quite cut it. And so, um, anyway, it's been kind of interesting helping him get it set up and helping him use it. Um, I, I really like it as a system, especially if you're doing 99% of your work online. I think they're terrific systems. And it runs Chrome, so you can essentially run any of the Chrome plugins that you want. And so we've been uh, installing some of those. Some of them are games, which is really cool. And uh, anyway, that works out really well. Another thing that I'm going to pick is um, the wireless router is upstairs in my office. And he does his homework in the room essentially directly below me. And he gets decent Wi-Fi down there. But I bought these TP-Link... Um, over the electrical wires network plugs. And so essentially what it does is you you plug one in up here in my office by the router, and then you plug the other one in into the wall, I mean, uh, downstairs into the power outlet. And then you just run um, Cat5 cables between the router and the one up here and then the, the one downstairs in his computer. And that works actually really well. I've been really impressed. So... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick these uh, TP-Link, um, I don't know what to call them, power, power line adapters, I guess. And uh, yeah, I'll put a link to those in the show notes. Um, but thank you for coming, uh, Dennis. This has been really fun to just chat. Um, I'm really glad that I wound up bumping into you at NGConf last year. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, keep an ear out for the next one. Um, I think it's going to be Michael Rogers from Node.js. So um, should be a lot of fun. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Yeah. See you. See ya. 
Hey there, this is Charles Maxwood, and I just wanted to talk to you really briefly about Freelance Remote Conf. I'm putting on a conference for people who want to go freelance or who are freelance and bringing in some of the experts from the Freelancer Show to talk to you about how to find clients, how to collect money, how to build your business, how to specialize, and much, much more. So if you're thinking about going freelance or you're already freelance and want to hear from the experts on how to go, become, or grow your freelancing business, then by all means, come check us out at freelanceremoteconf.com.